With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Blog Talk Radio. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Download the Real Sports Guys podcast 
through iTunes. You can also uh, download our material from realsportsguys.com. Make sure you go there and check out uh, Seiku Thermos, uh, our, our resident hip-hop expert. He and I have a spin-off, Hustling Flows. He has his 2016 year-end uh, hip-hop review or 2015 year-end hip-hop review up on the page. So make sure you check that out, the ever-expanding universe of RSG. It continues to grow and grow. Uh, I got my man D. Wills in the house. I got my man PhD in the house, and we're going to get this jumping like we always do about this time. As always, you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us, and we appreciate your patronage. With no further ado, let me introduce the illustrious three-man booth. Welcome back. Oh, man. I'm going <laughs> to be back in the building, man. And I want to say to you, man, hustle and flow, that stuff. I mean, I was driving almost almost. You know, I'm up here in Wisconsin, almost ran into a, a snowbank. The stuff was so hot. Um, it, it's just been uh, a great addition uh, to it. Uh, y'all just off the hook, and, um, you know, it, it just it just feels good to to add one more thing to the to the woo universe of RSG. You know, it's just expanding, you know, and uh, it just feels good, man. It just feels good. I, I feel I almost brought a tear to my eye. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, bro. <laughs> Let me bring in. Let me bring in my man, one hundred grand, Phil T, or CAD. How you? What's happening, Captain? Well, like Bernie Max once said, welcome, welcome. I so so D Wells, you almost had me going with a tear in your eye. If it weren't for our pre-show conversation ten minutes ago. Yeah. I will not. I will not put you on blast. I won't do it on national radio. But I'll just say uh, that you you did not move me by the intro. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those one of those things, man. You know, don't be cheap, people. That's all I'm gonna say. Don't be cheap. <laughs> well said. Well Life said. blesses, man. <laughs> Life lessons We never stop learning We always gotta keep going gotta keep Hey So fellas We got a great show for the listeners out there uh, Like I said it's been a minute So we got uh, I mean I jam packed this rundown With as much stuff that I wanted to hear y'all opinions on I mean I, I, I jammed this bad boy up <laughs> You did Cause there's been so much going on that I just want to dig in and get y'all opinions on so much of this. You guys, two guys, I really respect on y'all perspective and y'all point of view on how y'all see the world. I just wanted to hear what y'all got, some of y'all thoughts on this stuff. Um, hopefully it's entertaining to the folks out there. It usually is. So let's just jump right in. This is the intro to let them know where we give you a quick rundown of the things we have in store for this edition of The Real Sports Guy. First off, we will be talking NFL talk, playoffs, Season reflections, fantasy football. We're going to get into a little bit of everything. Cam, Brady Manning, Marvin Lewis, Chip Kelly. I mean, we're just going to run through it all. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Then we're going to start talking some college football. We had uh, the playoffs and the championship. The bowl season has ended. So we've got to break all that down. Some of the uh, the hires have been made at some big programs. We've got to get into all of that. Uh, then we're going to talk some college hoops. Um, homeboy from uh, Oregon State, 
We're going to have to talk about him. Uh, again, come on, bruh. Bruh, please. That's what we're going to have right. on RNG. They got, come on, man, from ESPN. We got bruh, please. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Then we're going to talk. We're going to talk some NBA talk, and we're going to finish out the show with D. Wills getting the last word, uh, the first last word of 2016. Uh, He's going to close out the show. So with no further ado, fellas, let's jump in. Talking this NFL, it's been a, a really entertaining NFL season. A lot has been going on. I might bounce around a little bit in some of these things I have on here. Uh, first, let, let tell me – a little bit about your fantasy football season, fellas. Uh, in one word, I want you to define how your fantasy football season went and then explain why you chose that word. Phil T, go. It was it was it was mixed results. And I was living, I restricted myself to two leagues this year. Last year, I really struggled in both leagues, or four leagues I was in. That told me I needed to step away and just do two leagues. Um, and the guru and the fantasy guru from KZU, Eric Hamilton's league, um, when you don't make the playoffs, the next year you have to go into the JV division with everybody else who did not make the playoffs. It's, it's very embarrassing. After 10 years of being in that league, <laughs> this year was my first year in the JV division. Guess what? Next year will be my second year in the JV division. I went, I went, I went four and nine. Um, yeah, I drafted Tatum Manning early. It's a two quarterback league, and that's that. And my second league, which I'm in with the game changer, uh, Tiffany Royster's league, friend from college. Um, I also went four and nine. <clears throat> However, um, it's a smaller league, only eight teams. And for some reason, Tiffany put it that six teams make the playoffs. I swung into the sixth seed. Um, I'm not sure how it happened, but I ended up winning that league. And that league was pretty competitive this year. So um, very mixed. Eric's league, I did not do very well with a 4-9 record. Tiffany's league, I won the league with a 4-9 record. Um, I beat... Yeah, I mean, everybody I beat clearly had a better record than me. Um, I'm not sure how I did it. I made some, <laughs> I made some moves. I made some very risky moves before the trade deadline. It was funny. I, <laughs> I tried to email uh, the game changer a few times, and I mean, he pretty much up on my game. And so, whenever I mentioned trades to him, he just kind of gave me the real nice, nah, man, I'm straight. But I did find a handful of other. <laughs> trade partners and uh, made made a bunch of moves, man. I probably made, if there were seven or eight uh, moves in that league, like trades, I probably did four or five of them. So, you know, so my, my fantasy season was a mixed, mixed bag. All right, all right. Sometimes you got, sometimes you got to do that, man. You got to throw some stuff out there, see what, who bites. You know, you got to make some crafty moves. And you get in it, you got you got a chance to win it. So you made out yep. with some cash. Is what it's all about. Get your money back at least. Uh, D. Wills, one word. Uh, fizzle. It, you know, <laughs> this describes it. So, in uh, I think it was the final week. Uh, seating was very important in our league. Final week, 
the person I'm playing, you know Marcus Morez, his starting quarterback gets hurt in the first quarter. And my starting quarterback, that was the week that Matt Ryan and them got walloped in Atlanta. He scores four points. And at that point, that pretty much defined my season. <laughs> I should say my one word is Matt Ryan. <laughs> my season was like Matt Ryan. <laughs> or one person, Matt. I'll just call it Matt or Ryan. That was my season. Made it into the playoffs, you know, lost in, the, I believe, opening round. Um, in there with Game Changer. He he took it home, uh, which he'll probably tell you is one word. That's probably why he, he picked one word. Um and then my other league, I, I mean, I felt like Tom Coughlin, just a whole bunch of nine and seven, seven six. You know, every once in a while I go off a chart. I feel like I'm in, I'm the fantasy football version of Tom Coughlin right now. I need to change that. <laughs> Distracted New York media. That's kind of how I feel right now. You know, I'm the commissioner. I feel like I got a lot going on. I try to downsize the two leagues, but I just just not focused. Um, Where your so, Super Bowl championship at? What'd you say? Oh, I think that was a burn. Uh, oh, my Super Bowl championship. Yeah, where are your two you championships? You can't be coughing. You ain't got no titles. <laughs> <laughs> I got titles. I got titles. Yeah, I mean, but like, listen, but when like a grown man voice get high, you about to, you about to, man, you better back up. When a grown man voice yeah, go up a high, you better watch out. I got you. Okay. It's just been it's been a few seasons. I got to fire my GM, which is me. Yeah, I got I got chips, you know, but I, I'm lagging, you know. I I got to put them back to back. I I got I got to live up to Tomlin. <laughs> I can't do it. So that that's been my season. It's just been it's just a mixed bag, you know. I look at it, you know, okay. go on three game winning streak, lose. That's how it is. I can't even talk about it. All right, my one word is obviously My one word is obviously victory, fellas. <laughs> Johnny Drama style. I'm like, victory. <laughs> I, I was in four leagues. I did not downside. I did not make the decision to downside. I'm in four leagues, uh, and I took first in one league. Oh, no, I took first in two leagues. I won two, took third, took fourth. So, no, I, I, I made the second round in every league, made the playoffs in every league. And if I could have done two words, my two words would have been middle finger. And my I would have said middle finger to Yahoo. Because Yahoo constantly is hating on me post-draft with a draft grade. I got a C or worse in every draft. But somehow my teams all balled out this year. <laughs> like, you should have saw it. Like, you know, you know how now on Yahoo you can go and you can look at, like, the projections and the power rankings. Yeah. And at the beginning of the yeah. season, my draft day projections, were last place or like sixth place in every league, and it ain't go like that. <laughs> it ain't go like that at all. None of my teams had losing records. Um, I, I cleaned. I had a good year. You know, I'm Ice Cube. You know, I ain't even had to use my AK. You know, it was a good year for me. So, you know that that that's that. You know, fantasy football is good to me this year. So sometimes you win. You know, as Big Sean says, you win some, you lose some. We're going to keep it moving, though. The next well, question I want to ask you, fellas. I mean, hey, thanks. When I, had that, I mean, when I had that year a couple of years ago, you know, y'all had to give me a 10-minute second. <laughs> That's true. We did. We did. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so I mean, if y'all had caught me, if y'all had caught me like the week after, I'd have needed a fifteen twenty minute segment. Oh yeah. <laughs> so so so, what's the one big move in any of your leagues that you felt like really separated you from the pack? It, it was wild, man. Um, so in one in the, the league, Devon and I are in together. I uh, I I had a very very difficult time in that league, just maintaining my roster. I had Le'Veon Bell got hurt. Um, but I think the thing that stabilized me in my in, in the league that I did well in was two players. One was Todd Gurley, getting Todd Gurley late in a couple of drafts, and not even late, like eighth, ninth round, I got Gurley in a couple of drafts, and then the other guy was Devontae Freeman. In the league I was in with Devon, I had Le'Veon Bell and Devontae Freeman, and – I was cooking. Like I was, I was, I was just rotating my quarterback because my quarterback position was weak. I had Kaepernick, and I was just throwing cats at quarterback and just like give me ten points because my running backs was cleaning up, my receivers were cleaning up. And that league, I also had Edelman who got hurt, so I had a lot of injuries. But then I was able to scoop up guys like Thomas Rawls um, off of waivers, cats like that who would get who would step in a week. And and just ball out for me and, and and Jonathan Stewart finally had a good year so that helped me too because I had him in a couple of leagues <laughs> but really it was Devontae Freeman and Todd Gurley who held me down for most of the year um, and really my big strategy this year was running back depth I got a lot of running back depth in all my leagues and that really paid off because when injuries hit I I I was able to keep it rolling and then I also made some quick some quick wire pickups Allen Robinson was another dude in that league with Devon that I scooped up off waivers early in the season. And obviously he had an amazing year, an all-pro caliber year, a Pro Bowl caliber year at receiver. So I was able to have him, Edelman, and A.J. Green on top of having Le'Veon Bell and Devontae Freeman. And, again, it didn't matter. When you got that group rotating and you can, then you got, you know, I had T.J. Yeldon, and uh, uh, Jonathan Stewart as my running backs, and I could rotate those guys. And so I had a nice roster. Um, quarterback eventually, I, you know, I, I rotated a couple of guys in there here and there who were hot. Fitzpatrick gave, won me a couple of weeks. But really, it was Gurley and Freeman who held me down throughout the season. Um, I had them. I had one of those two guys on every team, if not both of them, on every team I had. So, So yeah, I just got the right guys this year. That's that's ultimately that's what it boils down to. I just got the right guys this year. <laughs> but speaking of having the right guys, right? So much in fantasy football is about having the right people around uh, on your roster. Uh, the coaching carousel got spinning real fast this year, and we had some key coaches make some moves, um, some surprises, um, and some not so surprising moves. One, uh, two in particular, I want to talk about. One. Lovey Smith, this brother cannot catch a break, all right? Tampa Bay won two games his first year. He comes back and wins six games with a rookie quarterback and gets fired in his second year after getting fired from the Chicago Bears after going 10-6 and six pretty much every season. <laughs> I don't I don't know what's up, man. What are y'all thoughts on, on the, the Tampa Bay decision to get rid of Lovey Smith? And hire the offensive coordinator, Dirk Cutter. Cutter, Dirk Cutter, I think his name is. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Paz? Oh man, I uh, 
you said it when you said Lovey cannot catch a break. In general, it it I'm really frustrated how NFL coaches just don't get time. They don't like they don't get time. If we look at Jimmy Johnson, if we look at other really good NFL coaches, Ditka, uh, Parcells, none of them would have made it to their second or third season, given how poor they were the first couple of years as head coaches in terms of their records. So Lovey, I thought he had an understanding, and I think Lovey thought he had an understanding that, hey, we have a rookie quarterback, we won six games, we're headed in the right direction, and they even lost some close games. I mean, they very easily could have won eight or nine games. So in general, I'm just really frustrated that NFL teams don't have that patience anymore, man, generally speaking. There are a few exceptions, and those teams, those franchises typically are more successful. Here in Cleveland, (laughs) man, now – Indianapolis, I was impressed because there was chatter that that they were going to let Pagano go, and I thought that would have been a huge mistake, but they kept him. But in general, man, um, Lovey, I thought he was going to get more of a shot um, another year or two, but it, it just didn't work. And sometimes I think guys like Lovey, man, they just um, their personality hurts them. Almost how Jay Cutler's personality you know, people just don't like Cutler, so they don't give him the benefit of the doubt. And sometimes Lovey is so laid back, he doesn't have that intensity that I think really connects with his base um, on a, you know, well. And unfortunately, I think that hurt him. Yeah, I think it hurt him. And this was an interesting situation to me because you had a team, as you said, that kind of they, they went for continuity without going like without going for continuity. You know what I mean? Like they wanted to keep the offensive coordinator because they felt like they have something in their in their franchise quarterback in, in Jameis Winston, and they wanted the continuity for his development, which I get. I'm all for that, and I think more teams should focus on that. But I'm with you too. Like I think they, it's like you know, cutting off your nose to spite your face. It's like, yeah. but you fired, you lost continuity by getting rid of a head coach who actually is a good coach. But I understand why you did what you did because you're worried about the development of your quarterback. And we've seen it where teams go through OCs and the quarterback play suffers ultimately when you do that. So it was one of those things uh, where I get it, but I don't get it. You know what I'm saying? D. Wills, your boy, Chip, San Francisco. Is this more (laughs) the same? I mean, you're a hardball guy. Is this more – I mean, did you give them a side-eye when they signed up for Chip? Like, you got rid of a dude who was kind of uh, not a people person to bring in, ultimately a dude who was not a people person. What Does this make sense to you, D. Wills? Well, I, I think part of the deal was the GM or, you know, so there's some folks that had worked with Chip. Um, yeah, I, 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 I didn't think he was going to get another job. This this told me that the folks in San Francisco don't necessarily want to get rid of cap, and you know scanning and kind of saying, well, that's our best option. And Chip, you know, is someone that probably can, if anybody can resurrect them, can do it. Um, you know, they basically brought him in the office. Probably was like, look, you have no authority. You got to be okay with it. You just need a coach. 
And, you know, I just – I think the problem that Chip has is that, as y'all know, in professional sports, that it's less about the X and the O's and really about how you handle the players. It's about personality management. It's about managing emotion. It's it's not about scheme. And it's about – and so I, I think, you know – it, you, you just talked about Lovey getting fired. And then Chip, you know, getting hired after really, you know, having a terrible year. Now, I, I debated whether or not they should have fired Chip in the first place because they gave him the keys to the car, only gave him one, one year to do it. So that was kind of bad when he was, what, 10 and 6 the, the previous two years. But, you know, I, I think if he's going to be successful, he's going to have to let – some football folks get the personnel. You got to quit messing with the personnel and, and see if that works. Uh, you know, I, I just – I am surprised that they got somebody who got the personality similar to how Harbaugh was. But, you know, look how San Francisco's been run. Think about it. Other than Harbaugh, and you look over, you know, since Mariucci, I mean, where's the success? Right. I mean, so yeah. in some ways, you know, in our lifetime, San Francisco was the model franchise – People used to talk about San Francisco the way they talked about they talk about the Patriots, right? It was San Francisco before the Patriots, right? And and now you know you got a generation of young players other than Harbaugh who aren't really sure what's what's happening in San Francisco. I don't know what York is doing. You know, I think you know Chip is Chip is on the West Coast. You know, we'll see if he can get Kaepernick to play. That's good, but I still worry about the impact of his offense on defenses and the way in which players tire out towards the end of the seasons and all that stuff. But they seem to think it's going to work. More power to them. Well, I wish he had a coach Kaepernick this year because Cap was sorry. (laughs) 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 I had that dude with my fancy quarterback for about eight weeks, man. You you know Chris Carter got insider information. And when he says Kaepernick needs to get a Ph.D., but right now he's at a high school level, (laughs) <laughs> that, that that hurts you when Chris Carter says that. Yeah, you know he knows. Yeah, that. you you know he knows. Yeah, that. you know. Yeah, and, and so, I actually I actually was uh, under the impression that kept Chip Kelly was going to go to the Tennessee Titans, and I thought that's where he was going to wind up with Mariota. Um, for again for that idea of continuity, giving your quarterback somebody that they can work with, um, which is also why I think Tennessee stuck with Malarkey because of that idea of continuity. Um, speaking of continuity, we got Marvin Lewis and the Cincinnati Bengals who had your Pittsburgh Steelers up against the road. <laughs> and then I was Pac- ready to start Pac-Man and I was ready. Burfick went Burfick and Joey Porter was on the field and it just it just turned into I don't know what it turned into. <laughs> but it went left. Check yourself at all times. Yourself he all said Jerry Porter was on the field. <laughs> he was. <laughs> That's why the snapped out. Jerry <laughs> <laughs> Porter was just like, I got to get in this dog. You're a coach now. <laughs> right. Just go running out on the field. On the field. Yeah. <laughs> right. And he a defensive coach. <laughs> and the offense was out there. <laughs> oh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I didn't know like that. 30, 17, you got the ball, and your linebacking coach is on the field. <laughs> hey, Joey slow walked him. He 
him that old, give him that old man, you know, stuff talking. He, he hit him with that old man stuff, made him mad. Man, <laughs> did Robin right, Lewis man. survive his PhD? Oh, well, he did. They're not going to fire him, uh, but I think it was one of those talks that uh, that Brown gave him. Listen, man, um, this is your last shot. This is it. I know we said this before, but this is it. I need, <laughs> I need for you to do? sign this. I need for you to sign this that this is it <laughs> if it don't work out. You, you know, in some ways, though, I admire the Cleveland Bengals. They're only three or four hours south of the Cleveland Browns, but they understand that, hey, being 10 and 6, 11 and 5, 9 and 7, 8 and 8, that's fine. That's fine. A few years ago, I had a problem when the Denver Nuggets fired George Carl after he won Coach of the Year. And they had mm-hmm. consistently won 55 games, 50 games, 45 games. They were consistently the sixth seed in the West. And that wasn't enough for them. And we see what's happened since. Sometimes you have to understand where you're at <laughs> and be okay with it. And so. In that way, Marvin Lewis found an excellent home. Um, I don't know. Like, sometimes I feel like, is Marvin Lewis the guy? Is he Tony Dungy in Tampa? Is he the guy that can get you, like Doug Collins? He can get you so far, but you need somebody else to get you over the hump. And unfortunately, I think Marvin may be um, getting to that point in terms of that kind of reputation. Um, But... I'm glad that they did not let him go, but it was ugly. You're right. I mean, the whole Vontez perfect thing, it was just ugly. And I thought maybe they would let him go the next day, but to their credit, the, the Bengals came out right away and gave him that vote of confidence. They did. And I, I'm, I'm glad that they did because he deserved it. I mean, he lost the playoff game without his starting quarterback, right? He also – I mean, that was the first time Pac-Man Jones had really went Pac-Man Jones. So, I mean, you can't be like he didn't have control because Pac-Man Jones was on the roster the whole season. It wasn't like he just showed up for the playoff game and was acting a fool. He had been on the team the whole season and hadn't done anything crazy. You know what I mean? So, I mean, he did. I mean, it's like Rodman. You can't – sometimes you can't keep him under wraps, but for so much. I mean – he out there. He going to do what he going to do. <laughs> Pac-Man going to be Pac-Man, you know. And the fact that he kept that roster under control and kept that team winning that long, uh, again, I, I agree with you. I'm glad he got to keep his job. I do think he's on notice. I don't think he is the blame for the mental collapse. Um, they just, I mean, that's a rivalry. I mean, that the NFC North, outside of Cleveland, the NFC North, they hate each other. I mean, the AFC North, the AFC North, they hate each other. I mean, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, I mean, they stay trying to hurt. I mean, and they don't get, like, the special team or the third-string linebacker. They get the marquee guys, and they take them out. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you ain't playing for about three weeks. <laughs> Pittsburgh, Baltimore is the same way. Cincinnati, Baltimore. I mean, it's 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 a bangum of division, except for Cleveland. And I, they'll get it together at some point. Hopefully, Hugh Jackson can uh, can can spark yeah. a little something with the Browns. Um, 
another piece I want to move on to, uh, teams that have been struggling, the, the St. Louis Rams are now the Los Angeles Rams. And we grew up, I, I know I grew up, L.A. Rams. Yeah. You know, I, I have name-dropped Flipper Anderson on this show a couple of yeah. times, and I know Phil yeah. Keaton. Like, who is Flipper Anderson? Number 83, wide receiver, ran a 4-140. 4-140 back in the day, Steve Beeman. Yeah, Jim Everett. He was Steve Beeman, Jim Everett, Henry Ellard, Greg Bell was a running back. I was a Rams, L.A. Rams fan as a kid. I liked that team. Um, they had one good year where they went like twelve and four, and then they didn't. They didn't win nothing. That's why after that, so I stopped liking. <laughs> but I liked that team that one year because they was balling. They had the blue and yellow jerseys with the swirl on the helmet. They should go back to those. Um, just a personal thought. But what do you guys think, D. Woods? What are your thoughts on uh, the NFL coming back to LA? I mean, you know, it sounds good, but L.A. is fickle. You know, you know, L.A. LA is like Miami, man. And so, you know, I know from business reasons, you know, um, you know, the interest in establishing more of a headquarters, more of a, a presence around the television stuff in L.A., having the team there has value to it, you know. But it's tough because, you know, St. Louis goes hard, man. For his teams, um, and the owner went out. And then he had the nerve to go out to the Blues game, like nothing was gonna happen. You know, he made me glad he didn't get Nancy Kerrigan out there. They went, you know, you know, come out. I mean, that just tells you just the 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 attitude and the lack of just you know thought. Like this is a business, man. So. You know, it's good for L.A., but, you know, L.A. don't really come out, man. It kind of came out for the Raiders. I'm with you. I loved it when they were out there. But L.A. is kind of, you know, I don't know. L.A. is kind of, you know, fickle in a way. Um, but you knew you were going to get a team. The NFL wanted to get one. Um, it's going to be interesting because, you know, I haven't been checking, you know, just kind of getting a sense of what that other team is going to be, um, you know, whether it's, it's going to be the Chargers or the Raiders or how that all is going to fall out. But, but uh, you know, here's a guy who can actually lose money. You know, he don't, it doesn't matter. So, you know, even if the deal's not – it's not the best deal, you know, from a from a financial standpoint when you look at the setup. Um, it's, they actually had a better setup when they came to St. Louis in terms of from a business standpoint. But, you know, the league is so desperate, they found a cat who could lose money. And so, you know, it's not the best deal, but, you know, they're going to have a team in L.A., you know, Ice Cube don't care. He won his Raiders. So, you know, that's where we're at. Coming soon yeah. to your time. Yeah, it's going to be like 92 rant. all over again if the Raiders come back. You know, if the Raiders come back, it's going to be like it's 1992 all that's over good. again. Uh, yes, the right. Raiders and the Chargers are both considering getting over and trying to be a tenant in that stadium, that in that stadium complex that they build. They've got big plans for it, and I get it. But you're right, man. I, I feel bad when a community like St. Louis, who is all about the team, loses the team, man. That 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 does bother me. And hopefully the NFL will eventually get to a point where they do re expand or start looking at expanding again and get hit St. Louis up with a squad and hit San Diego up with a squad or Oakland, whichever one loses the team. Because Oakland is another place. They they got great fans. You know, you see it at the yeah. at the Oracle. You know, you see it at you know at the Raiders Stadium. They do need a new building, yes, and they got to work on that. But Oakland's got great fans. 
Um, it would it would hate to see. I would hate to see them lose the team as well. And you're right. I imagine L.A. will be a lot like the Heat, where when stuff wasn't going well, you know, the the Miami crowds were filing out of the arena, you know, midway through the third quarter to go get to the club. You know? That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, you know, I I do worry a little bit about a team with no quarter, with Nick Foles as quarterback being a, a a headliner in a city like L.A. where there's so much to do. Long term, yeah. they got to get that quarterback situation in order and get a star. They get a star at the quarterback spot. They'll be all right um, for a long time, and they'll build a fan base in that town. Um, yeah. I mean, and, 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 you know, you, you said about the fantasy. I kind of feel right now like I'm Jeff Fisher. You know, you win all these – you go all these years, you ain't winning no championships. You ain't going to the playoffs. So now they got a coach out there who's a good face. But when's the last time Jeff Fisher won yeah, when the, when the Titans, when he had Steve McNair, when he had Aaron McNair, one of my favorite quarterbacks what, what, right there. Oh, that, that was, was that when the first Bush was president? Man, I might have still been, I might have still been in high school. I had an Aaron McNair jersey, man. I had that. I had that number nine. I had the Oilers one, though. I didn't have the Titans when I had the Oilers, Aaron McNair. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Either, and you know, yeah, what I was going to say about him is I love the fact that he sat him out and let him learn. I mean, and then brought him right back in. It was, you know, he, yeah, did, it, he yeah. did it right when he took him. But, yeah, it was yeah. – uh, I remember Alcorn State. So, you know, we're going back in the day. So, yeah, they yeah. got to get they got to, as I said, they got to get right when they get out there. You know. Absolutely. They don't Absolutely. want to be the old Clippers. Yeah, speaking of get right, we had some – we had some uh, – it was an interesting season on the field, man. We had some cats acting the fool. Odell Beckham and Josh Norman. Odell had to give him some act right out there. <laughs> I mean, these cats was basically slap boxing the whole game. <laughs> and the ref was on that Mills Lane. Like, I'll allow it. <laughs> you know, it all stems. I like it. Yeah. It all stems from. You know, some some questionable comments made and some rumors that have been swirling around the Twitterverse and social media about Odell Beckham's um, sexuality or his choices and who he uh, uh, spends time with, you know. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on this? Hold to PhD in particular. What are your thoughts on this whole, the one, the, the Josh Norman, Odell Beckham situation? What were your thoughts on that? But then this whole kind of uh, boogeyman deal with Odell Beckham and his and his potential or his sexuality in general. Yeah, I really don't care about his sexuality. You know, I mean, it's the same thing with Michael Sam. You know, it's, 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 I care less what's going on in somebody's bedroom. I'm all about, like, how can you contribute to help my team win, period. Now, the whole thing with, with – uh, Batman and Beckham and the fighting, that was just hilarious. It was. And what was even <laughs> more funny was the next day, uh, Josh Morgan was on Mike and Mike. Norman. And they interviewed Norman, thank you. They interviewed him on Mike and Mike, and they had just woke this dude up. It was like 7 in the morning. <laughs> 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 and uh, I I don't remember the date, but whatever that Monday was after that game, I challenge you to go to Mike and Mike and find that interview in iTunes 
it is worth your 10 or 15 minutes. As soon as I started listening to it, I started sending y'all quotes um, of what he said. And, you know, if you give me a second, Mark, if you come back to me in 30, 60 seconds, I will read some of these quotes of what he said. I, I can do that. I can come back to you in a couple of seconds. I'm, I'm gonna go ahead. I, I, I do. I, I got. Well, I got some thoughts on Odell, right? I got some thoughts on okay. Odell and and the whole kind of boogeyman about his sexuality. I actually hope he is gay. You know why? I think Michael Sam let people off too easy. I think he let people off because he wasn't good. I want to see some mm-hmm. people out there like we. Obviously, it don't matter to me. I don't care, right? You don't yeah. care. PhD don't care. But I know there's people out there who do care. And I want the number one receiver in the game to be gay. Why? Because that's just going to bother the hell out of people. Because <laughs> now you're yeah, yeah. cutting. Are you really going to cut Odell Beckham? 1,500 yards, 10 yeah. touchdowns a season. You're going to cut him yeah, because right. you don't like who he hangs out with at night. For real? I want to put that pressure on society. How y'all going to handle this? You know what I mean? So right. I hope he is. I hope, I hope he comes out and he's like, yup, yup. I'm I'm totally like that, and I'm I'm totally I'm a I'm a hom- I'm homosexual. I like guys, and what I still catch touchdowns. You still like my one handed catch. Still can do that. Mm-hmm. So so now what? So I hope he puts pressure on society in that way, and just like yeah, I am. Now what? I don't know if he is. Or he isn't. I really don't care either way. But I think it would be highly entertaining to see how some of the fans out there react when the player who they may have a, a issue with his personal lifestyle. Uh, is really, 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 really good and not, you know, Michael Sam. You feel me? Mm-hmm. So, That's right. Do you feel, T, just give the high sign when you got when you got them texts queued up because I do, I do want a refresher on this one. Thoughts real quick, D. Wills, while we wait on Phil to get get, the, get his text, I, I, to get I, the I'll, text combo pulled I'll, up. I'll say this. I'll say this and then we'll flow though. You know, I, I put out something about the art of trash talking. What I will say about Josh Norman is he's an old-school trash talker. You can tell he does his homework. You know, there's an art to trash talk. you got to know something about somebody. you gotta, you got to hit them where they want. But the key is you, you want them so steaming that they can't even wait to the next time they see you. Um, and and you've you got to be clever. You just can't just say anything. And so that's what I love about him is that he got, he got a wittiness to him. He's trying to always get there. And in, in some ways, you know, these past couple weeks have been fun because you see how much this stuff really matters to cats. Before, you know, it felt like, well, cats will get their money. You see them hugging at the end of the games. Recently, it felt as much like the old school football that we grew up on that uh, I've seen in a long time, where these guys are like, I ain't really looking to go hang out with you after dinner, after the after game. We ain't going to go to dinner. If I see you in the club, I might hit you with a bottle. <laughs> okay with me. You know and that's how it's going to be. So, I, I feel old school right now, man, with these youngins. I'm okay with that. Two you things. Ready, Two things. I am. Two things that Norman said uh, <laughs> in that interview. First, he told, he told Mike Greenberg, and Mike Greenberg did not really know what to do with this. He said, Mike, I kept it gully. <laughs> when he said that, Greeny was like, uh, excuse me? 
guarantee Greeny looked over at a staffer like, what? What does this mean? <laughs> Second thing. Second thing. It, again, dude had just woke up. It was kind of hard to hear and understand what he said. But he said, uh, he called Odell. He said, he's Harvey Dent. He's two faced. <laughs> Oh man, great interview! And they, it was a good ten, fifteen minute interview. It was excellent. Right, and the Harvey Dent one, I, I, I know, I know what he's talking about, but I don't get. Like, what do you mean he's, he's got two faces? Like, I get, I get the reference, but I don't know what you're trying to say. What are you trying to say about it? (laughs) The reference by itself was funny enough. I didn't even take it that extra step to try to figure out. Right, exactly, exactly, exactly. (laughs) I dig it. I dig it. Yeah, man. I could. I could just see Greenberg w- losing his mind, waving to people. What does this mean? <laughs> trying to try to figure out what it means before he has to come back and say something else. <laughs> it goes, man. Like, we're up against a hard break. We're up against a hard break. Well, thank you. Right. Being a right. Oh man. We're up against a hard well, break. Let's keep this moving, man. Um, Cam Newton. It kind of made waves toward the middle of the season. And I don't know if y'all saw this one. This one tickled me. I was tickled. I the dab. This new dance. It's a lot of disputing about where it started and all this other stuff. I don't really care about that. It's a little dance the kids doing nowadays. Kids always got a little new dance. It's a part of being a kid. Um so they got a dance called the dab and can like the dab after he scores a touchdown. Um and the first time I saw him do this, they were playing, I think it was the Titans. And Cam had dabbed. And one of the linebackers for the Titans was like, oh, no. <laughs> so he yes. run up on Cam. He get in Cam's face. What does Cam do? Dabs again. <laughs> <laughs> so now this brother from the Titans is hot. I mean, teammates are holding him back. Refs are coming over. He yelling at Cam, pointing his finger at Cam's face. What does Cam do? Dabs again. <laughs> Dabs. Right. <laughs> Because, because I mean, Cam is and, and, bigger, and, and he even getting madder. Rev is getting in between. Yeah, yeah. Cam is huge, Cam right? Is Cam is huge. bigger than this linebacker. He is physically yes, bigger yeah. than this linebacker. And so I imagine Cam looking at dude like, "What are you going to do? I will dab <laughs> one more time." <laughs> <laughs> Like Cam is looking at me like this ain't gonna go how you think it's gonna go. I'm gonna hit you one more. <laughs> so 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 oh, angry, man. some angry, and I'm just gonna throw it out there. I'm assuming this woman was white. Some angry white lady writes a letter, an open letter, and I'm tired of people writing open letters. Please stop. All right, keep your thoughts to yourself. <laughs> she writes an open letter to Cam about how his dancing somehow offended her. Uh, 11, uh, her small child. And it's like, what? This is what we own? It's a game, people. These are grown men playing a game, and you're mad because they're dancing while they're playing a child's game? What did you expect them to be doing? Their taxes? Why they play? I mean, you expect them to be some serious adults? They're playing a game, and they get paid a lot of money to do it. What are we... Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not a, a act like you've been there kind of guy. I'm gonna act like you ain't never gonna get there again kind of guy. <laughs> you can't turn up. Entertain me. Do something. 
enjoy the moment. Enjoy the moment, please. You know, show me that you love what you do. Um, what are your thoughts, D. Wills, uh, on Cam, his image, and Cam as a potential MVP? Because he's come a long way, and we've had conversations. We've gone around the bend on Cam. All of us have. Um, yeah. You've been a you've been a supporter since the beginning, so I'm gonna let yeah. you have the floor because it's it, it's Cam's moment right now. I mean, what I love about Cam is that what you're saying is somebody who is now you know as as uh, a number of folks have, have started to say have that PhD from the pocket. He's not only killing you his arm, you know his legs, but he's now he's doing it from the pocket, killing you with the legs. I mean, uh, arm. Um, and he's just seeing the game. And then the other thing, he's just so big. One of the things you look at is that this guy, he should be Superman because he's running power plays on the on the on the, on the uh, goal line. He's putting his body, he's busting through stuff. Um, he's put it all together, held it together. But what you love about it, what they don't talk about, what the lady didn't talk about, the fact that he's got his teammates, you know, giving balls to little kids after they score. I mean, they do it, and they're having fun. Um and I just think it's you know we've been all waiting for all of it to come together and it's come together this season. You know when you're with the record they have, you know I think he's the MVP this year. Um, yeah, I called him before everybody else called him. You know I know that I'm not gonna gloat, but what I'm gonna say is I think he, yeah you is you're gonna be gloating all show just basically talk about Draymond. You know he, 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 yeah he's, he's done his thing and he's having fun. The thing you didn't say about it. So did did you see the next game after she uh, wrote the letter? The next game, he did the twister. <laughs> he said he was old school. I said, I hope this is good enough for you. He, he went he went that whole five generations on him. So he's having fun. His teammates are enjoying it. He's leading. You saw the emotion on the sidelines in this previous playoff game when the play didn't come in fast enough. People, It's like they people are, like, nitpicking him, which tells me they just can't stand the fact he's great. They can't talk about him just as a running quarterback. So I, I'm loving this, man. And what it does say, and you got to say this about Carolina, you got to say this about Rivera, that this whole idea that you can learn and develop as a player, like it's, the patience part, I think Phil hit on this earlier. You know, professional sports, on in basketball, I've said it, i said it about football, that this idea that, you, that you don't have to develop talent if you want to win it is 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 crazy. And, you know, the way that some of these quarterbacks are disposable because people don't want to take the time to coach. You know, Cam is a great example of somebody you can see the growth. Um, and so I'm hoping that – I'm hoping he gets the MVP because he deserves it. I love to see him get the Super Bowl. Okay. All right. So, yeah, Cam, it's Cam's moment right now. And, you know, if he gets the MVP, I think that's great for him. But I really would also like to see him get to the Super Bowl because I think it's just going to piss a bunch of people off. And I like to see people pissed off from time to time. (laughs) You're you're a Chicago guy. you got to love Rivera. Oh, yeah. yeah. A coach and a player who will fight for for redemption. Absolutely. Absolutely. Riverboat Riverboat is that dude. Uh, Brady Manning again. Here we yeah. are again. These two dudes can, I mean, they just seem to keep, I mean, at this point, they're like the two old dudes at the park who was fighting in checkers. <laughs> like, they just stay getting after it. They hitting each other with their canes, you know what I'm saying, arguing, you know, drinking ginger ale and eating saltine crackers, you know what I mean, sitting at the table at the park, you know, playing at the, at the checker, at the little checker court. 
You know what I mean? And they just show up every year. You think they're done. You think it's over. You know, PAZ, I I had Peyton Manning in one league, too, and I, I, I cut the cord quick. I, I saw him play one game, and I was like, man, his <laughs> arm is awful. I was like, I'm done. I'm off. And I got I got him out of there, man. I picked up. I was like, man, give me Sam Bradford. Somebody. I just need somebody who can throw 20 yards. <laughs> so what are you looking forward to in this final matchup? And what is what do you think, not final, this, this, this next matchup, um, what do you think is on the line for both of these guys, Brady and Manning? Nothing. I like I I think that they have proved enough of especially Brady. You know, he is he has made it happen with with <laughs> literally they put a tight end at tackle at some point during the season. So he's made it work with less than perhaps anybody else has ever. Peyton Manning, um, perhaps he does have more at stake. Um, people are, uh, I mean, rumors of his demise are real to the point that we were trying to start Brock Osweiler over Peyton Manning. People were really on that train. Really, people were really on that train. And um, Peyton Manning, I think, if he has a solid game on Sunday, I think he may just hang it up. You know, he may get to the point of, you know what, I can't stick around and be a guy that's not a lead anymore. My physically I can't do it like I used to and I may just need to walk away. However, if he does not have a strong game, we may see Peyton Manning next year, which is not a good thing. You know, it's almost like Kobe Bryant. It was painful to watch at certain points of the season, including the first game of the season, including the game yesterday. It's just painful to watch. So, you know, Peyton, um, for better or for worse, I think this game is going to dictate what he decides to do in the off offseason. Um, one thing I will say, like backtrack for a second, if Justin Page is listening, we got into it over text before the season started about Cam. And I verbally, I said that Cam um, was not a good quarterback. And I now was wrong. I admitted I was wrong to Justin. And Justin uh, told me that I could not get on the Cam Newton um, train uh, in, in, very, in very firm words. <laughs> and I, uh, I took my medicine. And I was to say, Justin, you were right, and I was wrong. Justin is never gracious when he gets you. <laughs> he's never like, I, I'll let you go. You know, he's never gracious about it. He's just like, and you should have been, and you should be sorry. <laughs> and you should be apologizing. Oh, oh, man. oh man. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can see Justin not letting you live that down. Um, so yeah, I think this is this is one of those culminating moments for a rivalry that's been around for a long time. And I think sports fans in general should just sit back and enjoy it and really reflect upon. We've gotten to see these dudes play against each other seventeen times. I mean, and most of them have been meaningful games. I mean, rarely have they faced off and their teams haven't been two of the best teams in their conference or in the league in general. 
Um, so, you know, it's something that I think we all should just take back, soak in, and enjoy. It's one of those sport things that we may not see a rivalry like this between two guys who actually never actually touch each other during the contest. Um, again, um, two points on one point on Cam, one point on Peyton Manning before we get done um, and move on to some more uh, to some more to some more talk and take a quick break. Uh, Cam, you, you talked about Brady doing so much with so little. Man, Cam Newton had us and Greg Olson as receivers this year. Uh, Greg Olson as receivers this year. I mean, he resurrected Ted Ginn's career. Ted Ginn caught double-digit touchdowns this year, fellas. Yeah, that's amazing. Double that is amazing. He caught more touchdowns this season than he had in his previous entire career. <laughs> like seriously, like this dude just bested his career, not single-season numbers, entire career in one season. And Ginn probably dropped four or five other touchdowns. <laughs> like, he probably dropped a touchdown today. I mean, that's what Ted Ginn does. He drops touchdown passes. So, uh, hats off to Cam. And then Peyton Manning and just the quarterbacking in general for as they age. The difference in this sport and, and football and other sports is that, you know, when you're a quarterback, you've got to take every snap. And it's hard to age gracefully. You can't do what Duncan does where you take a lesser role, cut back on your minutes. You can't even do what Kobe's doing where it's like, I'm just kind of here. I'm not really doing a whole lot. I'm just kind of around. You know what I mean? Hi, how's how's everybody doing? I'm still here. You know what I mean? But you can watch me play, but I'm not going to be doing anything special. And quarterback is you can't really – you either are out there and you're effective or you need to go sit down. Um, and I think you're right, PhD. He might be getting to that point where he's got to make a choice. Um, either I'm going to be bad or I'm going to go sit down because um, there's no gray area with the quarterback position because you don't get to, like, split minutes. You know what I mean? There's no there's no uh, rotation that can save you when you're a quarterback. You're out there and you're exposed. So you're listening to the Real Sports Guys, realsportsguys.com, RSG Renegade Radio. The guys are back, and we're in full effect, um, holding it down. Again, as we always do, Ah, it's good to be back, fellas. Good to have the the crew back together. We're going to take a quick break. I'm trying to get this uh, cue to get me what I want. I want some music, but the cue is being slow. Uh, Somebody help me out if you can. My my, my electronic device is is making this difficult for me. Anybody got me? Anybody got me? You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Here we go. We'll be right back after this break. to the Real Sports Guys, where real guys talk real sports. RSG, Renegade Radio, back in full effect for 2016. Make Listen, sure you we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a, not game, a game, not a game. We're talking about 
practice. And we're about to get into talking some hoops with the last half hour of the show. Uh, we want to make sure we get these conversations. This is a this is a very very important conversation, ladies and gentlemen, that we are about to have. Um, it's going to be some Mia Copas, um, some I told you so's, um, you know, some teeth gritting, you know, because it's hard for the real sports guys to to kind of own up to maybe they didn't see something a certain kind of way. It's hard for us to do, you know. We're kind of headstrong guys. Uh, and so this is going to be a difficult conversation, but we're going to have it nonetheless. We're going to have it over the airwaves, and we're going to lay it all out there. All right? Listen to the Real Sports Guys, realsportsguys.com, RSG, Renegade Radio. Make sure you download the podcast and subscribe on iTunes to the Real Sports Guys podcast so you get this every Wednesday morning in your radio after a show. All right? You need this in your life. We're going to talk some NBA talks. Uh NBA season is is well underway, and we're in the throes of it. Um, And, you know, the Golden State Warriors won a championship last year, um, and it sparked a heated debate amongst the real sports guys. I mean, a 40, 50 50 text long back and forth between the three of us. Oh, boy. Cujo's on deck. Cocaine on deck. Come on, hold him back, D. Wills. Hold him back, D. Wills. D. Wills is holding the pit bulls here. Hey. <laughs> He's sitting back like Nino. He's sitting back like Nino, just rubbing the Rottweiler's back, just rubbing the Rottweiler down, just trying to keep him calm. Relax. Relax, Cujo. Relax. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm trying not to be Akeem Akbar. I don't want the blade in my hand. You know what I mean? I'm trying not to be a smooth brother from the bank. You know, try not to get Kareem Akbar in here. <laughs> so Golden State is on this tear, and the conversation starts up again, and, and PhD starts at this time, the Draymond conversation. And is Draymond Green a max player? And as soon as PhD no. sent, the, sent the text, I started, I, I, my, my hand went straight to my forehead, and I was like, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, do, let's, do, let's, do you let's remember the ground forward. rules? Do you remember the ground do rules you, that I that I put out for Devon? I do, I do. D. Will, do you remember them? I'm trying to recall. I'm trying to pull them up. No, I'm gonna tell you. You can only say I told you so once. You can once. only say that's right. You can only say I told you so once. Right. That's it, bro. That's it. You get one. You get one. So, so let's go ahead and have this hard conversation. So I came out last season, and, you know, there was a there was Jeff Van Gundy, right? He He's always going on. Draymond Green's a max player. Draymond Green's a max player. And I said Draymond Green's not a max player. He will get a max contract, but by my definition of what a max player is, Draymond Green is not a max player. And that D. Will just wasn't having it. He just was not having it. He's for up and down. Draymond was the dude. <laughs> so Draymond is in the throes of an amazing season. I mean, he's in the thick of an amazing season. What is he having, like 17, 10, and 8 or something ridiculous like that? I mean, he's had eight triple doubles this season. Um He's the, he's been the second best player 
on the Golden State roster, and that's only because Steph Curry has been balling out of his mind. So, um, with all of that said, I have to ask a question to myself and PhD, and then we will give the floor to Devon to rebut <laughs> how we answer this. Is Draymond Green a max player, PhD? No, I'm still with you that he may get a max deal, but the system, you know, it's, it's almost like that house for $100,000 when during the real estate bubble it was getting appraised at $220,000. It's a problem. And that's how I see Draymond Green. Draymond Green, to me, is an excellent second, probably, third option on a good team. If you take Draymond and, sorry, Marcus, I'm still in some of your argument here because you really sold me on it last year, and I still feel strongly. Without Curry and without Thompson, um, Draymond Green is not an all-star by himself. And there's so much stress on the defense because of Curry, because of Thompson, it is since like it it makes Draymond Green seem more valuable than what he really is. Now, is he a legitimate all star this year? Yes. Um, does his numbers suggest that he should be a MVP candidate? Yes. However, to me, he so I look at it as um if you look at a, a R like a wide receiver one, a clear one in fantasy. You know, you look at your Julio Jones, your Kelvin Johnson, your Jordy Nelsons, guys that can demand um, the defense to always put somebody in center field and double teams. When you Now, because of that, the guy opposite to them looks like an all-pro, Randall Cobb, uh, Roddy White, an older Roddy White, um, Golden Tate last year. But when you take Kelvin Johnson out of the lineup, when you take – um, uh, Julio out of the lineup, it's not like that second receiver who's putting up all pro numbers is still going to do that when because now they have to shift over to being the guy and they just can't beat a double team. But that's how I see Claymont Green. I see him as a great fit in Golden State. However, I'd be very, very cautious for a team that, that pays him like a one like a like a top dog, like a max player, and pulls him onto their roster. Kind of like how the New Jersey Nets did with Joe Johnson. I think it would be a very similar result. You'd be expecting this guy to be able to carry your franchise, and he's just a role player. Uh, a little bit better than Luol Deng. You know, he's not like, like if he's getting you 17 and 7 now, he may get you 20 and, a, 20 and 9, 20 and 10, but that will not uh, translate into – a playoff victories. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. Allah. <laughs> <laughs> y'all going to make me mess my rule up. Hold on. I got, I got to go, D-Wheels. I got to go. You're going to have the floor, man. We're going to give you the floor. We're going to give you the floor. Hey, I'm with you, PAZ. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> Praise God, Allah. 
I'm with you, PhD. I'm with you to the point, man. When we was at, when y'all started this conversation, I'm gonna tell you exactly what I did. After I got my palm off my forehead, which is sizable now that I don't have any hair. After I got my palm off my forehead, I fired up my iPad, man. I went to NBA.com and I was looking up all types of metrics. <laughs> <laughs> I spent about a half hour looking at analytics, man. <laughs> and what that research, basically the conclusion it came to was what you just said, PhD, is that uh, an inordinate, uh, an imbalanced amount of Draymond's assists, which which is, uh, to me, the stat that makes him probably the most special, right? The most like, wow, that's that's different go to Curry and, and Thompson. Like, I think it was like, and I can't remember the number offhand at the time. It was like a month ago, so I haven't looked it up since. But at the time, I had some ammo, some numbers. I had some numbers. Um, but it was like 50, 54% of his assists, which is a lot, right? Half of his assists go to two guys, right? That's that's, And when you compare that to other passers in the league, that was a high number. Um, the other thing was, the I looked up was the uh, his points per possession on fast breaks that he led because that's the other thing that kind of makes him special is his ability as a four man or a five man to handle the ball, and when he was the the point man on a fast break, he actually had one of the lowest point per possession rates of any of the guys who had handled the ball. Um, in these regards, obviously, but that's what makes it. That's what supposedly people say makes him special, right? But then it, for me, the numbers aside, it comes back to that argument, and we've seen this time and time again right, of guys who within a certain system, especially up-tempo, spread-type systems, who put up amazing numbers, but then when they are outside of that system, it does not the, – the, the numbers don't translate and the impact isn't the same. Um, I think Draymond Green is in the perfect situation, like the perfect situation for what he does in a similar context to a Dennis Rodman when he got with the Bulls. They allowed him to do exactly what he needed to do. Play defense, rebound, nothing else. Just do exactly what you're great at. And I think this system allows Draymond Green to do exactly what he's great at. And he gets to play off two of the best shooters in the league. And it's not such a far-fetched idea anymore. It was when it was said the first time. But this may be truly the best shooting backcourt of all time. Uh, When Mark Jackson first said that, Everybody was kind of like, I don't know. I think we might be able to say, yeah, this is if this isn't yep. it, this is real close. Um, so when you take that into account, I think is he a max player? Again, I have a very, very stingy, and I, I own it. I got a very stingy, elitist conception of what a max guy is. Probably more, I think Phil is looser than me on this one. I know you are, D-Wills. I'm real stingy, and this goes back to that, you know, I'm the championships and the, all that kind of stuff that I kind of get real stingy about, you know, the alphas, and this that's that's me. That's my thing. And so he doesn't fit as a guy who, if I'm starting a franchise, I'm saying I want to start my team with him right now. There's probably six or seven other guys who I would go to before I got to him. To me, that's not a max. I, I'm under this. I always operate on the fact that there are probably maybe five max guys in the league at a time, period. Five guys, so no matter what roster you put them on, you getting the same production. No matter what system you put them in, you getting the same production. I mean, you look at Kevin Love, twenty six and fourteen in Minnesota. 
what is he in in uh, Cleveland? Good third option. Really good third option, but he ain't 26 and 14. System change, role change, that stuff matters. You can go back. Steve Nash, prior to getting into Dan Tony's system, a decent point guard, 17 points, 7, 8 assists a game. He gets into that system, he's an MVP. I mean, two-time MVP. Are you kidding me? You know what I mean? System matters. Sean Marion in that running gun, six seconds or less system, was similar. had a similar impact to a Draymond Green. Guards four or five positions, um, rebounds at an unbelievable rate for a small forward, gets assists, shoots a three, can do the pick and pop. Again, similar to Draymond. The moment he leaves that system, he goes, gets traded to the Miami Heat. Dude's 11-7. Quentin Richardson was in that same system. Had the best season of his life. Dude leaves that system. We ain't heard from Quentin Richardson since. All right? So those are Carmelo Anthony. When the system was catered towards his talents, dude was a beast. Trying to put him in a triangle? Eh, not so much. System matters, and I think Draymond is in a great spot. Is he an all-star? Yes. Is he a great player? Yes. Is he one of the top 20 players in the league? I think so. Is he a max? Not by my definition. D. Wills, we have laid it out. We laid it out there for you. Maybach music. It's your turn. You smoke crack, don't you? <laughs> you smoke crack, don't you? <laughs> I'll rest my case. <laughs> Valiant wow. effort. There's a, there's a couple points I want to I want to uh, attack. It's, it's one of the things that's kind of a Annoying about sports today. But first, just say I told you so, and we can move on. Just say you what, what, what I told you so, and let's just keep going. What, one of the misnomers <laughs> about analytics is, you know, Phil, you're, you're a quantitative researcher that, that there are a lot of unexplained, unobserved variables. You know, a lot of times <laughs> when we're talking about these analytics, we're talking about them like they're absolutes, and they're not. And one of the reasons why they're not absolutes is because there's some qualitative aspects of things that you have to pay attention to. One of the things I told you, my point last, you made some really good points last year. But I said the one thing that you you have not realized is that Draymond doesn't believe he is Max. And everything about him that makes him tick is his approach. He is clearly the alpha on that squad. When you watch him, they look, they watch him, he leads, he walks. He was talking junk to Cleveland when he was up by 30. There's something about his mindset. There's something about his mindset that whatever you say, he don't really care. And he probably, and he, you can see a person like that. They, they're not going to care no matter where they go. He got, he got a dog in him that is com- ultra competitive. And that was one of the things that Mark Jackson said about him up front when he came in as a rookie. There's something about him that does not allow him to wilt to anybody. And that was something that I looked at. And so, you know, when you can bring a lot of the analytics and everything about it, but when I looked at him, I was like, this cat has a swagger, has a belief, has a moxie for his old school cats that won't allow him to be second to anybody no matter where you put him. And that is something that you can't capture in analytics. And you, people can keep searching for the reasons why, whatever comes around, but it ain't going to tell the story. All I know is, 
keep dropping people, keep crushing them. They still haven't figured out how to play him because they haven't figured out is he coming at you like magic. Y'all, y'all put him in the box, and he ain't in the box. He He's creating stuff as we're watching him. I think he's more, if you're talking about receiver, he's more like A.B. for the Steelers. That, you know, when they had that great receiving court, people were like, well, who, who, what's going to happen? A.B. kind of came out of nowhere and then just took it on. He's more like an A.B. than he is uh, like uh, the receivers that y'all probably put him together. And, and so, you know, part of why you got great shooters, why they shoot so well is because they got to worry about him. There's a lot of reasons why you can play it off. But the one thing I do look at him is, he don't think he ain't a max player, and he ain't, and he he's certainly playing like one. He thinks he's back. They are still think he's a max player too, though. They are yeah, but they are gonna play like Max. Too. See, that's the difference. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's a lot of cats think they play, Max. But 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 Dre is playing like Max, thinking like Max, and playing like Max. There, there are a lot of folks who don't do it. A lot of people think that way. I said that last year. But he constantly delivers. He's been delivering ever since he in college. People have been saying the same thing you've been saying, player of the year in the Big Ten. Every time you say he can't do it, he do it. Listen to him. Listen to him. You've been around him. It's dogging him. Let me ask you a question, Devon. If if Draymond Green was the best player on his team, okay, let, let's say he gets traded to whatever team and he is now their franchise player. Do you think that that team can make the playoffs in the West? Yes. Wow. A better, better question. If you swapped him and Anthony Davis right now, what's on the Pelicans roster team making the playoffs? I bet you they make it. You know why? You know why they make it? It's because his, not only his play, but his leadership. Like, we, we discounting what that is in the game. His leadership matters. Cats play with him. That's what makes him so great. He could get he could get more out of Anthony's team than Anthony get out of his team. Leadership matters. That's what makes him yeah. great. I don't know if it matters that much. <laughs> it matters a lot. It matters more than I think. I, 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 I've more. I've been a leader before, and some cats don't want to be led, and then those those are also things that you can't account for because sometimes for but a guy like that, so going amazing. into certain situations. But let me finish. Going into certain situations with certain oh, guys who may not be on that thing. I think because I think listen in Golden State, he has four my, other guys who are on the same page as him. He's on. He's got four uh-huh. other guys who are on the same page as him that are all about Look. winning. They're all about taking care of business. What that becomes frustrating is when you're that one guy in the locker room that's trying to get it and everybody else is just trying to get a check. Then it becomes a problem. Then it becomes a market cousin. I'm going to tell you right now. snap it out on everybody because don't nobody want to win. I'm going to tell you right now. Not only is he playing well, he opens things up. He's like tragic. He gets that rebound. He's on his way down. He opens the floor up. He's doing it when Steph hurts. He doing it. It's so it's it's like he's defending centers to forwards to small forwards at his size. Who's doing that? And leading the break. Come on, man. Give me his dude. Don't make me cam you again. Cam. 
Oh, damn. You said don't make me damn you again. All right, this dude. You <laughs> said don't make me damn you again. I'm done. I'm done. The bottom of the dab on you. Right? Love it, man. <laughs> I will say this, Devon. Dude is a beast. He is a beast. Is he? He he won't. He he still has some showing to do to to get to max player level in my book, which is it, it's just what it is. Like I said, I, right now it's about maybe four dudes: KD, AD, Chef, and KD, AD, Chef, and Durant, and I'm I'm LeBron. That's that's about all. That's about as deep as them dudes. You pay them. Yeah. You pay and, and to me, to me, that's your challenge, right? Your challenge is, for you, your list is so short. I understand that. Yeah. That makes it hard for a lot of good players to get in that room. I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah, this, I, um, I would say that they're not, they're not great when, players. When, when you think of that. So that, that makes this argument a little more challenging. But for me, I think he quickly making his way toward it. He, I, I, hey, you, you, I know when LeBron was looking at him last night, he was like, he looked max to me. <laughs> And I was saying that, and I was saying that about Derek Wittenberg, thirty for thirty boy. You know what his name is now, don't you? You know who he is now. His name is Draymond Green. <laughs> but I, you know, I'm even more liberal with my with my Max guys than Devon, and he still doesn't fit. So, you know, I'm sorry, like I'm more liberal than Marcus with his. Um, Max guys. So in addition to the four he mentioned, I would throw in guys like Carmelo, guys like uh, Chris Paul, um, you know, Dirk. So like my my max list would probably go to ten to twelve, maybe even thirteen. Um, but but see the problem I, the problem with the problem with him is because he didn't come through the front door. So it's hard to imagine for people imagine like, damn, you know. Can this cat really do it? Because he really didn't come through the front door. He kind of came through the kitchen. And I'm going to say this to you, Phil. You just had to apologize to Justin. I don't want to make it two, three in a row. You know, you know, he start hitting these MVPs, and then what you going to say? I mean, like he can't, he's not going to get MVP, though. He's not going to get MVP. No, all right. That's not no, going to happen. All right. No. Hey, Mark, not, with no, Curry won't playing, not with Curry playing like this, man. Not, not with Curry playing like, like this. He ain't even. LeBron, there's no argument. He's not the best dude on his team damn. right now. There's just no argument. There's no damn. argument there, LeBron. I don't care what you, you say. You I don't care how you me. feel about him. I don't care how your leader. I don't care how you feel about his leadership. He ain't the best team on that squad. He ain't the best dude on that squad right now. Come on. All right. You can't. You can't. All right, no. You can't. That was hurt. And he they still was winning. And Dre was a big part of that. You hear you hear Mark Jackson talk about that when Steph wasn't playing. Draymond was doing his thing. If the All house right. was worth a hundred thousand dollars, Devon, and it balloons up to one fifty, I will give you that. I will give you. No, that. I'm saying this is a house you bought, and now you you bought it for a hundred. Now you about to sell it for one point two. 
That's the kind of person you got with Dre. You go in the other direction. Devon, uh, I'm going to say I told you so this time. I'm going to save it again because we're going to have this conversation <laughs> a year from now. Y'all going to keep coming up. Marcus going to be on uh, uh, basketball.com looking at some analytics that aren't complete. Uh, you know, got, got air up and down. You know, don't explain everything. And I'm going to keep coming back. I'm going to keep saying, oof. I'm they, 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 listen, yeah. listen. Now you're averaging damn near triple double. Now, now you're averaging damn near triple double, and now you want to say, yeah, that ain't nothing else. He can't do that. Divide. Uh, divide. divide. Yeah, divide. Smith ain't averaging triple double. This is what I say about your analytics argument, man. The analytics, they do measure his results. All right? That's what they That's what they measure, the results. Right, you can go with your magic and your and your and your woogie boogie mumbo jumbo all you want, man. And your mojo. But they measure results. They measure the outcome. What happened? Not what could have happened. Not who made how it makes you feel. They measure what happened. I ain't gonna measure what happened. They measure what the result is. They have value. They have value. These teams would not be these teams would not be wasting money on analytic guys if it didn't have an impact, bro. Yeah, because analytics get you analytics. You see, you see your boy uh, in Cleveland. He's as quiet as a church mouse. Because it gets you into the ballpark. It doesn't tell everything. Blatt ain't no analytics guy. Blatt's a Euro. He's just European. He ain't no analytics coach. That's different, man. They're trying to do that in football. I don't know if it really translates. There's too many moving parts. Too many moving parts in football. You got 22 people. That's too many variables. Too many. It doesn't make it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me in football. You smoke crack, don't you? You smoke crack, don't you? <laughs> Jump. Oh, man, this has been great, man. This has been some good therapy. We're down to the last five minutes of the show, fellas. Um, it's been a fantastic time. Uh, we, we we did cover a lot of ground. We didn't cover all the ground we wanted to cover, but we did cover a lot of ground. And some of the other stuff we can revisit next week, next time we're on air, because it's already happened, and I still want to get y'all opinions on it. Um, so we can still wrap up some of this other stuff. Uh, we'll hit some new stuff. But before we finish up this edition of The Real Sports Guys, uh, D. Wills, you got the last word, man. Let it marinate. I'm going to throw you some music <laughs> behind you. All right, the last song. I'm going to say this, though. Hey, first of all, check out Upload Clothes again. Stay cool. We had a chance to connect with them down in Austin. Great, man. Welcome to the to the Woo View universe. We loving it, baby. And uh, I'm looking forward to the future episodes. Um, but hey, we're off in 2016. We're gonna come back even harder. It's good to be back in the bit, in the room with the fellas again. It's good to be there, having a great time. This energy was great tonight. I'm gonna say this though. Hopefully, this <laughs> is a year around patience. You know, that guys can allow it to develop, that we're not driven by just analytics and numbers, but that that we also can allow folks to develop in other ways. You know, I'm going to keep preaching this. I'm going to be hitting this analytics. You heard me hit them with it tonight. I'm going to be hitting some other stuff that, that you know, we have to let stuff marinate. We have to let stuff grow. 
we have to let stuff, we have to let patience prevail. And hopefully in 216, we'll let that happen. But you know, the real sports guys will be here every couple of weeks dropping these things to you again. Catch us again on realsportsguys.com. I love being back here with the fellas, y'all. And until next time, we're going to get it going again. Take it easy. Man, Marcus, how did you let him get the last word and then we do the Draymond Green discussion right before that? Uh, and so he could have his little moment, man. I'm going to let him because Draymond is playing well. I got Draymond on my fantasy team. I'm keeping him as a keeper, so I had to let D. Will do his thing. I ain't going to lie, Draymond balling. <laughs> so, so you I know crack, don't you? Word. You smoke crack, don't you? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Devon said, uh, I got to let it marinate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that truly does do it. But this is another Real Sports Guys. RealSportsGuys.com, R-A-G, Renegade Radio, the podcast of the people. Make sure you download that. Go on iTunes and subscribe to the Real Sports Guys, RealSportsGuys.com. Brought to you by Resistance Digital Solutions, XL Academics. On the Rock Soccer, Illinois, and Frederick County, all guest hosts tonight were brought to you via the Frederick County Gateway. Woo! We'll catch you next time. Till then, peace. Fellas, take it easy. I will catch y'all on the other side.